Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Stories with Story. This one is for world history today. We're going to keep pushing on talking about the Industrial Revolution, but instead of working as to what is going to happen within the Industrial Revolution, instead what we're going to look at is kind of the changes of the ways in which uh, the entire uh, the way we do things, our life, our thoughts, everything like that, how that is going to be pushed on because of the Industrial Revolution. So by the late 1800s, it's actually going to be a new social order with a new upper class that has emerged without Western without Western Europe. And this is people who have earned their way there. Instead of being passed down from family to family, there's going to be people who have just earned their way up the social ladder. There's also going to be industrial workers and rural peasants uh, that are at the base of this social ladder and making sure that everything happens. But they are middle class. So with a glowing middle class, their values are going to be more kind of pushed out there. But what that is, what that means is that there is going to be a strict code of etiquette that is gov that governs our social behavior. And it's basically how you are going to live your life, how you're going to act at a dinner party, how you're going to act on a social call, when are you going to write letters, all of these different things that are gonna happen. And then we're gonna start talking about what the ideal family within a home is right, and what it's supposed to look like. So within the family, the division of labor between a man and a woman uh, is going to change earlier, middle, earlier middle-class women had helped run the family business out of the home. Now today they might be more willing to go out to work or it might just be up to the husband to go and bring back all of these things. There's also going to support this cult of domesticity, which idealizes women and the home. And it's kind of really going to push women to stay at home it's no matter what the income was, no matter what the situation was, because there was no business to run from the home. So we switch from almost a matriarchal situ situation in some places to a patriarchal situation in others. Now there is going to be a big struggle for women and they want to gain rights kind of throughout the world. They're gonna start pushing for the right to vote everywhere because they want to be seen as a, a force to be reckoned with and everything like that. They also step up and they talk about something called the temperance movement, where in a lot of places women wanted alcohol banned because their husbands were literally beating on women to make sure that they got everything uh, that they felt was right when they got home after going to the bar after work. After women kind of pushed for their strong for rights and really wanted to get this this right vote, this right to vote movement going on, there's another thing that's gonna be a very positive side and it's what we deal with every single day when you come to school. And that is a rise of public education. People really started started deciding that education was something that you can't take for granted anymore in the United States or anywhere in Europe or anything of that nature. And we needed to really improve how our schools worked. Uh, primary schools used to be very primitive. They had little schooling themselves, especially in rural areas. And they're gonna change that. They're gonna really work on, you know, how do we change the way in which not only education runs, but how do we continue to keep people pushing through an education so that they can you know, be more successful so that we can have more uh, uh, belief in, in other systems. And as this goes, grows and goes and moves on and forward, more colleges and universities are going to expand. Women are gonna have the opportunity to start going to, to uh, college and university. There's actually gonna be a couple that pop up that are just for women in both the United States and England throughout this. Uh, this became a big deal that women were able to get not only their basic education, but a much 
larger education on top of that. There's also going to be a new direction in the way in which we look at science. There's going to be these things called the atomic theory bouncing around with John Dalton coming up and saying that actually all these Greeks that we have been listening to, they were wrong. And we are right. And what is happening is that there are these tiny little atoms that are bouncing around that are creating every little thing within our world and everything of that nation. nation. And then they're going to start questioning, how old is the earth? And, you know, is the earth only as old as the Bible says? Or is there a lot more that goes into this? This leads to Charles Darwin going out to the Galapagos Islands and realizing that, hey, there is this thing called natural selection. And that some species basically have... They all have a reason, but they move to their present state over this evolutionary process that pushed through everything. Now, people believe that Darwin was a, a bit of a nut job for this idea of that. And being a religious culture at the time still throughout Western Europe and the United States, there is huge uproar over it. But we take the idea of survival of the fittest that Charles Darwin throws out there and we turn that into social Darwinism, which is how we tend to live our lives as a nation. Now, social Darwinism basically says that only the strongest nations and races will survive while the rest will be left behind. And those that get left behind, they are the ones that are the best, essentially. So that's just one of those things to really think about with that. Now, the role of religion that really kind of comes in is that people are going to back and push something called a social gospel that encourages Christians to serve the public. They encourage campaigns for reforms within the housing and healthcare education systems to really uh, push people forward and push them out, help them get above and beyond. It's going to be what creates the Salvation Army and YMCAs and things like that to really step forward. Now, in terms of writing and artwork, there's going to be a big change in all of these things. There's going to be something called romantic poetry that is written, and it's talking about all these beautiful things and how everything happens. We have mysterious, mysterious heroes that are going to start to be talked about for the first time in there. We're going to glorify the past with books like Three Musketeers and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. We're going to work on you know, taking guys like Beethoven and putting romanticism also in music and in art and really making things just beautiful and break free from the discipline and strict rules that the Enlightenment had forced upon ourselves and really start thinking outside of the box. Our artists are also going to start representing real life. They're going to really show what was wrong about some of the other, about some of the things that are out there in the world. There's a guy named Charles Dickens. He's going to write a book about what it was like to live in the slums in England. <coughs> the book is called Oliver Twist, and it's, it doesn't talk about the middle class. Instead, it talks about the people who, you know, have these other things. They're going to start taking, you know, this realism that is out there and putting it on the stage with uh, plays like Les Miserables, which is a French play all about how terrible basically life was in the slums of Paris. And we're also going to take that and put it into art. There's new directions that pop up in in in. In visual arts as well with a guy named Claude Monet really pushing this movement called the Impressionist Movement, which is very fine, you know, detailed, all this stuff. 
that goes along with it. He's gonna use his brush strokes without any blending, all this fancy art stuff that personally I don't understand, but it leads to one more type, which is Vincent Van Gogh and post-impressionism. Now, these ideas at the end that I kind of rushed through there, obviously they are not the most important. This is your, your arts, and these are just different things that are out there. It's not something we focus on in a history class necessarily, but it's important to know that art changed as the times did, and art is a reflection as to what people are thinking. So if people are willing to change the way they do their art, that means people are willing to change the way they do their thinking. Have a great day, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and I will talk to everybody later.